we had a badass pool in the back, barbecue. Yeah. I would just rock my uh, my headset because I was dispo yeah. at the time. I'm on the chipping green. Chipping, yeah, right. just chipping balls chipping to the 56 balls, wedge. <laughs> that was so much fun. Oh. Well guys, welcome back to another episode of Beers and Stories. Uh, I'm here with a friend of mine who I actually used to work for. This is Jared Vidalis. Jared, tell everyone hello. Hey guys. So, and Danielle, who's Jared's girlfriend, don't worry, we're not gonna drink too many beers. Probably. <laughs> no promises. Because you're out of town. So, but just a quick intro. Uh, I actually met Jared a couple of years ago. I had had a beer with a couple of people that he was working with, uh, got sucked into this company, and then learned the business known as wholesaling, uh, which is, as you know, just a shit show. Cutthroat. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, we no longer work together, but I hit Jared up and told me he had to come be on the show, so we're gonna, you know, see what transpires. Awesome, well, appreciate you having me, super excited. Yeah, I'm man, glad I could share some, share some more stories. You guys know wholesaling is not the prettiest uh, niche of real estate, but. No. Oh my God, we'll we let it all out. It, it's kind of like a bar fight, just less organized. You know, <laughs> just more glass and beer flying in the air. All the time. And, and the people are not, not good people. You know? <laughs> oh my God. So, and I don't even know if we've ever talked about this, but I was gonna ask them, what got you into the real estate business initially? Oh man, so. No, that's not what you went to school for, right? Absolutely not. So, I mean, rewind, well, I guess re rewind. Mm -hmm. um, engineer, um, materials engineer um, on paper, um, biomedical um, d degree concentration from Cal Poly uh, down in California in San Luis Obispo. One of the wow. best engineering schools uh, in the country next to like Stanford and all the big Ivy Leagues. Sure. Um, so, you know. My parents wanted me to go through engineering, mm -hmm. um, get a job, climb the corporate ladder. You know how it goes. Yeah. Um, yeah, I remember that talk. It's <laughs> not going to happen. And uh, <laughs> so, I mean, I got, I was hired, right out of college, I was hired on um, from a project engineering um, project engineering position with one of the largest mechanical contracting firms in the U.S. called Johnson Controls. Oh, yeah, I remember you talking about that at the office. Exactly, okay. like Fortune 67, like the big, big job right out of college. Wow. And uh, they interviewed 2,500 kids and selected 15 to come in, go to Milwaukee, train, and kind of like be the cream of the crop um, sure. tech um, sales guys. Okay. So did that for about two, two and a half years. And I just, for me, like I have a, if anybody knows who I am, I have this weird personality that yeah. like I am all into everything, almost like obsessive, which <laughs> it's a double-edged sword, right? Cause girlfriend hates yeah, it. But... I remember some of these conversations <laughs> <from> the <laughs> um, So I was, I quickly realized I'm like, I'm, yeah. I'm literally in there at 6 a.m. Leaving at 7 p.m. Going sure. in on the weekends, just trying to get ahead, trying to be the best I could be. And I realized, yeah. You know the salary's right here, and my efforts are up here, and it's just not. Sure. The equation isn't working. Yeah, that so, makes sense. So um, I loved, I loved real estate for whatever it was. I hung out on Bigger Pockets, hung out on forums, yeah. met anybody I, I could meet, uh. and um, I mean I. I, I couldn't do it in California because that's where I was originally from, just because entry to market is just insane. So sure. came out here to Phoenix for, for the corporate job in 2012. And mm -hmm. as you know, financial financial meltdown was still extremely prevalent. Oh yeah, the market, because that's, that's two years before I got here. Pricing was still cheap when I moved to the Valley. Yeah. 12, it had to be just dirt cheap. Dirt cheap, I mean, I moved in 
right out of California, moved into a house in Tempe with a couple aerospace engineering nerds. And there's a house, I remember there's a house for sale across the street in Tempe, mind you, for like 112 grand, completely renovated. Oh my God. And I didn't know anything about real estate. And I'm like, for me, I'm like, this is the... Well, especially coming from California, right? So did you, you're not from San Luis Obispo, right? You grew up in where? Uh, Northern California. Okay. So. The largest MSA there is Sacramento, so okay. UC Davis is roughly where I grew up. Sure, sure. Yeah, so coming here to Tempe, that I mean, the pricing differential is insane. Exactly. You so, can't buy a broom closet in Northern California for 112 grand. No, I think um, everybody in my class in college who graduated and moved to like Orange County, San sure. Francisco, they're paying 2,300 bucks for a one bedroom, 400 square foot apartment. It's no joke. Crazy, yeah. My sister and her husband actually. Um, I'm trying to have them on the show. They they found their place in LA. They live in Santa Monica on the west side. Mm -hmm. Beautiful home, right? They got this gorgeous modern town home. It's concrete and glass everywhere. But they had to hustle to find an off market to pay one for starting. It's too bad. I just don't see how you get ahead. It's impossible. I mean, and they, you know, they both have good six-figure jobs. I mean, he's a managing director at Silicon Valley Bank, right? From California, you've heard of them. So he's an MD and runs the, their office, and she's got an MBA and works in hotels. So, I mean, they, they had to stretch to get it. I mean, it's, it's housing's insane there. I mean, I have a, one of my best friends. He just left a biotech company um, in LA and got headhunted out to go to one in San Francisco. Mm -hmm. And uh, they gave him like a $60,000 housing allowance. It's like a signing bonus on <laughs> oh top of God. like 50 grand just to come over. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's ridiculous. That is nuts. <laughs> so I guess like, so to your point, I, I loved real estate. Um, sure. So as my, you know, I'm, I'm slowly finding out corporate isn't exactly what it's cut yeah, out not, to be. Not your, not your cup of tea, if you will. Exactly, and I'm, uh, I'm just thinking, I'm like, so my interest in corporate goes down and my interest in real estate goes back up. I'm like, I gotta, I gotta find something. So re-networking, finding out what I wanted to do. So long story short, um, found two houses on the west side. And if you guys don't know, um, West Phoenix is heavily Hispanic area. Back then you're picking up, picking these houses up for 50, 75 grand, yeah, flipping them. Maryville, that area? Maryville. Yeah, Maryville. Yeah. Oh. Salute. <laughs> <laughs> Tip to Maryville, thank you very much for being there. So, so bought two properties actually on the same day. Had no idea I was gonna buy anything that day from, wow. from a wholesaler. And- uh, Oh, so you actually, you got into this, because that was my experience too, right? The first flip I ever did was also on the west side of Phoenix, and I bought it from a wholesaler. And then I, it kind of, the light bulb went off like, wait, what did you just do? Like, I know I just paid you money, but- it was, was crazy. It was crazy. I had no idea how how escrows worked, how settlement statements, HUDs, title, yeah, cap, yeah. like hard money, nothing. I just literally went right in, and I was looking at I was looking at the assignment contract, and I saw 15k a pop to the wholesaler, and I didn't think of think about it at the time, but sure, just cost of getting a house. Cost right? of getting a house, right? I mean, because you think about it, you go buy a house. There's all these random fees that you have no idea what they are, and you just sure. sign it anyways. So. Yeah. Eh, just sign it it's fine so this is like in the middle of summer in phoenix and i'm flipping these houses um it's oh. not i'm not swinging the hammer but pretty close to it you're out there and yeah. um oh, and i'm brutal work i'm getting into this thing i'm like okay now i'm i'm putting in all the money mm -hmm. like 80 grand a house putting in 25 grand for the rehab full remodel sure. it's taken five months to make Twenty-eight thousand bucks a pop. Yeah, and I'm like, and this wholesaler right here just literally tied up a house, got talked to an owner, did a contract, signed it to me for fifteen, was in and out in seven days. 
times two. Times so two. That wholesaler made more money than you did. Over it, time. It, yeah. Oh, completely. Wow. So time value of money, this wholesaler was crushing it. Yeah. And if you look at the guy who brought yeah. me the deal, I'm like, if this, and if you know it, like any low level hustlers, oh, wholesalers, you know, and I'm like, <laughs> if this guy could go out and find a house, convince an owner to sell it to him, yeah. I can do it 10 times yeah. better. And then you can, you can get clipped. For sure. So that's that's how it's how it happened. So that's how the whole thing started. So, and then I I guess I showed up. You guys it was you and Danielle and then Hillary and, Jay, and Jesse. Mm -hmm. So, and then that whole thing, you guys decided to start your own wholesaling company, right? Because I, I remember meeting Jesse and Brian at a meetup over there in Scottsdale. Mm -hmm. Like they they were literally two dudes that had their matching shirts in and they rolled <laughs> in with a case of Prosecco. <laughs> Oh and yeah. Like, oh, I'll talk to these guys. What's up? <laughs> so, wow. Exactly. So it was um I so I literally went and uh lease an office in the west side over on 53rd Avenue and Maryville Parkway. Really? It, I never knew that. Oh that man. Was your first office? It was like 250 bucks a month in um oh in a in a Did it come with like a bulletproof shield? It, should, it might as well have. It was a four-story corporate center where I was <laughs> I was on the top floor the fourth story mm -hmm. and I was the one unit that was being occupied out of 50 on that fourth floor oh my god <laughs> so <laughs> I the lone man in the tower oh my gosh around. so I was there I was in there like day and night like researching like running a crap load of letters buying like um, like printers so I could go and send yellow letters because that was sure. that was the thing back then and yeah, 2013 um, for yeah that was all the rage and yeah so so uh, just literally wholesaling wholesaling like trying to figure out like how to optimize the process and at the time like you said yeah. i ran into jesse and he's like dude it's exactly what i wanted to do it's exactly what my investor wants to do it's really? like why don't we why don't we meet well because we were we had mutual friends right okay. and we, we, gotcha. part, we partied together yeah and uh and all of a sudden um we had a real estate conversation and he's like, anything you get, just send it to me. Um, and then eventually I'm like, I'm wholesaling, right? And so he yeah. wanted to get in on it. Nice. And uh, so I'm like- That's how all that started. Yeah, and I, wow. I said, no, 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 the, this entire time, <laughs> or the entire time. And um, finally, like, he just convinced me to say yes. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> and So then that's what started what became Highest Cash Offer, right? First it was Auxilium Acquisitions. Oh, I remember that. I think I still have one of the shirts. Yeah. Well, which means helping people in uh, Greek, apparently. I had nothing to do with the name. Yeah, but helping people out. So first it was Auxilium, and that's when I ran into you guys. Because I remember actually working out of, the first deal I did was out of Daniel's living room. Right. Yep. I remember that. House. Her kitchen was still all torn up. Well, white, like marker all over the walls. Well, I remember I was. Uh, we did a campaign out in Memphis, yeah, and you I, were out of town. I was out of town, That's and right. and Danny calls me. He's like, "We hired somebody to do acquisitions." <laughs> At the time, I did acquisitions. I'm like, "Wait a second, really? Are you That's kidding?" My job. <laughs> and uh, I remember coming back, and Darwin like diamonds coming out of his mouth. I'm like, okay, fine, you could you could have it. Yeah, so I do, I remember the first deal I did for you guys, there was one, there was one in Florida that Jesse comps and was like, hey, you gotta get this for 92 grand or we can't do it. And the lady wanted, I don't know, 160. So I went out in the living room, got her on the dialer and got it done. I came back and I remember the look on Jesse's face. I was like, dude, she's in at 92. And just the color drained <laughs> out of his face. And Danny, like Danny had the same deer and headlights. She's like, uh-oh. 
<laughs> now we gotta do this thing. <laughs> and then that one didn't work out, but then the second deal I think I did for you guys was Oklahoma. Stillwater, Oklahoma. Yeah, Stillwater. I had to haircut that knucklehead yep. to grand. Foundation. Yeah. I remember every single deal. Oh wow. <laughs> yeah, that was also from Danny's living room. So crazy stuff. Yeah, so you I mean that was I tell I reference what we did in that boiler room like to everybody. It's such a crazy time, you know? Yeah. We hired we hired this girl named Malika as our transaction coordinator. She ended up being yeah, I remember that. She didn't come in one day and I stalked her down online and sent it out there, but I was like, uh, by the way, I think she has a side business on Craigslist, but I'm not sure. Oh man. What else? There was so Malika. You remember Cat Lady? Oh yeah. Huntsville, oh, Alabama. God. What was her name? Tracy? Tracy Green. Green. Oh my God. <laughs> so, yeah, that one. So for those of you guys watching, so Tracy was this crazy cat lady. I mean, she's nuts. And we've gotten the house was just a mess, right? The cat piss palace, like just disgusting. Oh yeah. And then she ghosted on us right before close of escrow. And um, I forget. She's in jail. Yeah, I remember talking to Danny. I hunted out. I found her mugshot online. <laughs> right? This is when no one at the company knew like about my cyber stalking stuff. Yeah. Not that I would ever use them for the purposes of evil. But uh, yeah, she was in jail, and I had to call her friend who got me in touch with her bail bondsman, and <laughs> we still got it closed. Send a notary. Use the uh, jail in-house notary to get this to get the final docs done. <laughs> and Michael Hibbs, the buyer we sold it to. Walks into this place. This place is like borderline condemned. Yeah. So there's bad. 50 dead cats just laying on the ground. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh my god. Uh, we could go on and on. I yeah. mean, shit. Remember that 36th Street deal on the west side we got? Oh. With dying dogs on the couch, crackheads everywhere. Oh, my god. oh man. It was so bad. It was that one. God, we had some other just gems come through there. Um, well, this was the Miller office by the time we'd moved. This is Miller. Yeah, so Did you I, had, I had an Airbnb property that I was managing for a friend of mine. We're sitting around talking. I said, wait, maybe we can work out of this house for the summer because, you know, here, like, we don't, no Airbnb works in the summer. And right. No one wants to be here. So, yeah, we moved into the Miller house. Where we had the boiler room in the garage everyone yelling on the phone so that was a such a badass it was such a great time it was it was like the silicon valley startup house feel you know like you see in the movies the garage was totally built out had carpet couch put like seven desks in there with a bunch of high school kids slamming window the unit ac just cranking and we had a badass pool in the back barbecue i would just rock my um, my headset because i was dispo at the time chipping yeah just chipping balls to the 56 wedge <laughs> That was so much fun. Oh, good times. Yeah, I mean, the wholesaling business, and, and I really learned it from you guys because I didn't know anything about it. I just, you know, they handed me a phone and said, hey, you know, buy this house for this price and you're good and you make some money. Okay. So, whack, we get them. But, I mean, I remember talking to you and, and Danielle and, and even Jesse and really kind of learning the business. Um, We're learning together, man. <laughs> yeah, God, we screwed a few of them up so bad. We, uh, we ran... A, so we um we're putting we're, we're signed up with a new private money guy mm -hmm. and um he wanted all of our experience and we danny and i were running a tally mm -hmm. on how many properties you did across every single state and i think we've done back when we were in the boiler room we did yeah. a deal in every single state except like 13. yeah 
Because that's right, we did one in Alaska. Anchorage, Alaska. And there was that one, the other one. Do you remember the, the deal in Cincinnati with the Don? We closed it from Africa. Oh, yes. We literally had to courier documents to the consulate. Where the hell was that? Like Nairobi or somewhere? That one, I don't even it was know. In Kenya. Yeah. Where that would have been. We had to get documents over there to do the consulate to get notarized and then back in the diplomatic house stateside. I cannot believe That was crazy. I mean, I bought two houses in Cleveland. I mean, we had so, we, every single state you could think of was coming through our pipeline. Oh God, that was just chaos. I think the the coolest one was uh, the Durham one. Oh my God, that was the deal of a life. <laughs> Absolute deal. So, you know, Jesse, Jesse and I almost walked away from that place. I know, I heard. We had, we got that piece. Of, what did we pay for that? Seventy-five hundred dollars. Seventy-five hundred bucks. That's right. And then I remember because we were out having beers that Friday after I got it. Jesse shows me an LOI on his phone. It didn't work, but it was at one hundred five. <laughs> oh, that was crazy. Like yeah. one of my good, good friends, he's in the Raleigh Durham market. Yeah. And like that Durham is like gentrification, like out the ass. Oh, so it's, crazy. it's like, do I think I have a, I have a picture, but um, cause I was, I was down there like maybe about a year ago and you have these new builds, $450,000 new builds next to crack shacks. Oh, so yeah. just like over on Miller. Ex yeah. Crackhead apartments next to the stadium and those, what are they, Trio or whoever, Taylor, Morrison. Exactly. Like a half a million bucks. Same thing there? Yeah, same, God. crazy. So I was we had no idea. driving down like a, yeah, you would never know. I was yeah. driving down the street and there was a, literally five cars five cars going this way all like all hoopties and there's like seven seven guys sitting on the porch yeah. like going back and forth blah 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 and my buddy in the seat's like this is a known crack house oh my god and i'm like do i like go through the streets like no you gotta turn no, around or else around. you're gonna <laughs> your shoes will be on <laughs> on ebay you should be hanging on the power exactly friday <laughs> holy cow yeah that was good stuff so sure. deals in the Miller office and then now you guys are still at the other office on Miller, right? Exactly. So you moved a little bit more into doing more of the corporate feel kind of startup, yeah. you know, glass office, really awesome. Yeah. That's, no, it's a beautiful space. So we, um, <laughs> yeah, so we blew out every single glass wall in that place except for, really? yeah, except for two, uh, except for the conference room, which we blew out a wall to make a big conference room. but. Um, we have so much staff now, like I moved in with Danny, like put okay. our, our desk are, are together oh, and then horrible. and blew out my old office and blew out Jesse's old office, the glass. Yeah. So we could put, so we have four, um, four acquisition guys on the main floor right now. Okay. And then we have, um, we have room for three more in uh, kind of Jesse's office. And then sure. we have the analyst, the dispositions guy and the MLS acquisition guy in what's now my office. So oh, cool. it's and then in Tanya's old office there. That's so, all. That's probably just back to the storage closet. Um, well, we blew that out. Now that's the conference oh, really? room. So Hillary's office and Tanya's old office. Yeah. We blew out that wall. Now it's a conference room. Oh, nice. And then the girls' um, transactions and our um, bookkeeper mm -hmm. are in. Um, I don't know if. I don't know whose office that was from the but from the beginning. Like the little storage room? No, it's a storage yeah. room. That is um, that's just storage now. Yeah. 
Nice. That was my office for the record. They put me in the grill closet so no one would have to listen to talk. Oh shit, when you had like four owners, everyone's like, I want my own executive suite. Each one's like 500 square feet. So stupid. Yeah, no, stick this guy in the broom closet. He doesn't care. So, so yeah, growing, it's, I mean, it's it's awesome. Like it's like truly a boiler room now. Yeah, that sounds like a lot of fun. But so. Lease ends in December, so we're trying to figure out where to go. Yeah, you guys gonna find a new space? Mm. We're seeing if we could roll in month to month. But um, we're looking for some other like, I mean, something like this, like open, industrial, because sure. the biggest thing, I hate segregation, right? Yeah. You want to look over at the quad, actually, at 64th and Thomas. Oh, where Open Door is? Yeah. Yeah, we've been thinking, it's yeah. 28 bucks a foot. Ooh. Ouch. Yeah. Do a lot of, let's crack the whip on those acquisition guys. Yeah, same. Our office is like four grand. It's like nine grand for the same size, same wow. floor, uh, footprint. Yeah, that's a lot. So what have you guys gotten into these days? You're doing more, I mean, obviously, you know, we're not asking you for trade secrets on the show here. I know a few of them, but I've been sworn to secrets. <laughs> um, so what, where are you guys kind of seeing the market going and you know, what's, what's, the news, what's the newest, latest and greatest strategy you're working with? Because I know most, most wholesale guys, right, <clears throat> and this isn't exactly private, but they take data, right? They farm, they farm data and I'm talking about property data. So they're going to farm this data and then they market to it in all these different ways like, hey, you want to sell your house. So the name of the game right now is like the last five to eight years, it's been about direct mail. You know, okay. you go go to CoreLogic, one of the largest data aggregators in the United States, go sure. buy a list for 25 cents a record yep. and then go send it to a mail house. They send a letter saying, do, we, do you want to sell your house? Okay, so to just, just killing the trees. So killing, kill, the trees. killing the trees. So for a list of 10,000 people, after data costs and mail costs, it's $10,000 to make an impression, right? Really? To, to, put that, to put that message in front of them. So right now the name of the game is leverage technology, leverage the phone. You're going back to the old school methods. Yeah, man, cold calling. I remember those days, had the headset on all day, just like, yo, you want to sell? Oh, exactly. And, um, and just leverage voicemails, SMS, phone calls, everything that's like yeah. less than one cent per impression. Sure. And put the message out to as many people as possible okay. in hopes of getting a yes, you know? Cause gotcha. wholesaling is, is just a numbers game. And the sure. more, the more, I mean, that's with everything, the more marketing that's out there, the more mm -hmm. chances of receiving yes there is. Sure. So with direct mail, wasn't an option to survive yeah. today. You gotta yeah, leverage. Yeah, like way too much money to spend all the time. Your marketing costs would be through the roof, right? Yeah, I mean, exactly. So back then we're spending money on direct mail and today we're spending money on data. Whoever has the data is gonna win in this game. Yeah, that makes sense. Huh. So what kind of data are you guys using? I mean, any in particular has been great or do you have to use so much of it that you gotta hit them from all sides? It's, I mean, that's everybody's kind of secret, but there's really no secret to it, right? It's just, for us, you gotta go after the distressed data. When I say distressed data, mm -hmm. um, just circumstantial data. Sure. So anything anything bad that happens in somebody's lifetime is almost always recorded with the county. So yeah. a bankruptcy is recorded with the county, a yep. death, um, a, a notice of default, somebody who's behind on their mortgage, the, sure. the trustee must record something with the county. Okay. Um, city delinquent taxes, code violations, um, mm -hmm. you name it, it's yeah. there in the county. So okay. the name of the game is harvesting this data mm -hmm. from the county and it's pretty cool because with the Freedom of Information Act, sure. you could get any public record you can because that's 
Really? Yeah, but wow, that's awesome. So you're aggregating all this, all these different distress data sets. We call it pain points. So you're aggregating sure. all these pain points and almost mm -hmm. like layering them on top of each other and sure. and and putting the highest priority marketing strategy to the people who have multiple mm -hmm. pain points. So. Okay. People who, who people who show up in the pre foreclosure list mm -hmm. that is also vacant, who is experiencing a death in the family, is more inclined, and we don't know for sure, but you know statistically, so they probably sell. Yeah. So aggregating all this data and then getting phone numbers, everybody know what's, knows what skip tracing is. Sure. Give it to TransUnion or Experian or whoever the big yeah. you know um, credit conglomerates are. Get yeah. the phone numbers and, and reach out to them. Really? Wow. So it's literally just churning through as much of this stuff as you can. Churning through. I mean, I think we're rocking probably a half a million records a month. Wow. So we're contacting a half a million people a month just seeing if they're interested in selling their house. And it's sure. and it's a, it's a funnel, it's a sequence. So you start with half a million, 500,000 up here, send out your messages, you'll maybe get you know 18,000 responses. Yeah. Out of those 18,000 responses, you'll maybe get you know 2,700 that are in fact interested. And after further qualification, you're left with maybe 1,000 people who are interested. Yeah, who are interested and then can sell, right? I mean, I remember, how many deals did we throw out because there's no equity? Share, right. a lot. <laughs> I can't count that high. Exactly, okay. so data is, data is king. Doing the pre-qualification on your data sure. set up, up front, mm. so you're not spending the, uh, the marketing dollars to reach out to them. Gotcha. So the, the so 1,000. It's all about not throwing, not throwing that money at people who can't actually do a deal. Exactly. If I owe $500,000 on my house and it's worth four hundred fifty, dollars and you call me and say, yeah, man, I'd love to sell, but mm -hmm. I can't because I, the bank, I'm still upside down. Exactly, and that's and that's just that's just the, the, the physical world, and then you go over to the digital world, mm -hmm. and the digital world, you could be so much more targeted because with, with big data like Facebook, sure. Instagram, any, any, almost any website you go on today, mm -hmm. they're literally recording different types of data points on you so yeah. they could use that to their advantage mm -hmm. and, pr and produce more marketing or produce more revenue dollars for their company or if you're a marketing company marketing, right? exactly or if you're Facebook really? you could somebody will literally pay you all the money in the world if you could reach somebody who has a 750 credit score with three lines of credit who owns a platinum American Express I mean data or, yeah. uh, Facebook could literally that's the whole they, thing going on right now is really is that they, they're that dialed they're in. that dialed in and, and come uh, come the first of next month you can yeah. no longer um, get that granular with the data sets really? because oh, is this the Cambridge Analytica settlement thing yeah Oof. so all that's going away all that's going away so you have to I mean, marketing, it's all, there's always a loophole, right? Sure. So like with the digital side, uh -huh. instead of like how direct mail was, it's like a fucking carpet bomb. Sure. Now you're coming in with like a fucking Tomahawk yeah. Predator <laughs> missile <laughs> and you're just nailing people off one by one and wow. it's incredible. That is nuts. <laughs> I love it. God, I didn't realize it was that granular. Super so. granular. It's all sales. It's all it's all marketing and putting the operations behind that marketing. Sure. So being able to generate the lead, a qualified lead, and it's twofold. You got to put the, the sales process and methodologies and make it extremely fine tuned. Sure. So you can convert. So it's just conversion, conversion, conversion. Yeah. So just being able to generate those leads and having good guys to swap them over. For sure. That is awesome. Yeah, I mean, and you did, you did a great job at implementing the, the Sandler training, mm -hmm. boss, John Martinez was kind of our video trainer. I mean, yeah. oh, God, he did great. 
And if you could implement that in the wholesale strategy, I mean, yeah. nobody, I mean, wholesalers are boneheads. Remember that deal, where was it? It was in Memphis. The one where I, I typed the Chris Boss style email. Oh it was, yeah. Uh, it was like the biggest haircut we've ever done. <laughs> and he was an investor too. <laughs> We're from Microsoft out in Seattle. What did we cut him down? Like 40, 45%? Exactly. I think, we, I think we sold that to, to Cam Ellis for like a 15 or 18 grand spread. <laughs> I still remember Jesse's face. I came into his office. I'm like, man, I sent that and we're going to see. He's like, really? I'm like, and he took it? <laughs> oh, I man. Terrible no. people. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm joking. No, listen. I, mean, I value, you know? It's and, like. Well, and that's it at the end of the day, right? You and I used to talk about this all the time is that, you know, you get, I think, half the job of a wholesaler a lot of times is helping people through their problems, but also making them understand, like, there's a, you know, what we talked about at school, it's also a shitload of work, right? It's right? not easy. I remember like the boiler room days, dude. We were in there, all of us were drinking cold through like water. Like, it's a lot of work and you have to get paid for it, right? You're not, you're not gonna get people who wanna get in there and wanna hustle if you're not gonna make any money. And I think a lot of people, I mean, you remember some of these. Like, no one, un it's very difficult to realize what your properties actually worth. Right? Mm -hmm. When you step back and you look at it from a pure numbers standpoint, because I mean, how many of these things do we underwrite? Thousands. Thousands. And you know, the funds do a great job. I learned a lot from those guys. I'm sure you did too. Mm -hmm. But getting someone to understand what the true cost is of, you know, purchasing like, all right, this is your house. I'm gonna need beer in a minute. Um, like, this is your house. You know, it needs a roof, it's dirty, there's some beer in the bottom of it. Like, getting people to understand that. It's challenging. It's really hard, really hard. Especially when they did, um, they did a full remodel, but they put, they put the Maryville tile in there, they refinished uh, it, they spend, you know, $20,000, it has to come out anyways. Yeah, there's just, I mean, on some level it's heartbreaking, but on the other hand, you know, there's a reason not everyone's a property investor, right? I mean, you and this boy and Danielle and all them, you know what sells a house in Phoenix. You know, and I, I tell everyone, I mean, Michelle's looking at houses right now, you know, we're probably gonna buy something next year, and she's, all these places look the same. Yeah, that's because the flippers know what sells, right? It's gray it's gray tile on the floors, yeah. white accents, gray yeah. walls, you know, put some white quartz in the kitchen and it sells. But being able, I mean, I don't I can't count the number of conversations we've had with people. It's like, yeah, I understand that you remodeled it and you have, you know, green granite and cherry cabinets, but that was great in 2007 <laughs> and it's not 2007 anymore. Exactly. I'm sorry, I don't know what to tell you. But, wow, that is, no, it just it never ends. It's fun. Yeah. It's so, a, what's, so what's the future hold? What do you, what do you guys got to So right now, <laughs> so right now the, um, the, the five-year plan is, yeah, this, um, what was this called? The, uh, birthday, the suit? birthday suit. I'm not getting in that, but <laughs> so the, the five-year Mm -hmm. It's uh, so just background on the company. I don't know sure. how it's been a while since we've spoken. Yeah, obviously we're in Phoenix. Uh -huh. We're in Vegas because Phoenix and Vegas are, are parallel markets. Yeah, we're in um, San Francisco, San Jose Bay Area, mm -hmm. as well as uh, L.A., San Diego, Orange County, places like that. Okay. Um, really only in California for the big spreads, right? Sure. You could rip 50, 55 thousand dollar wholesales all day long. Wow. And if you're taking stuff down, it's 100, 150 all day long. As like a whole whole tale, I guess, so to sure. speak. So Phoenix and Vegas, it's easy, mm -hmm. um, but also Houston, simply because Houston. If you ever look at, if you ever look at Houston values over time, and if you ever mm -hmm. specifically look at 
when the economic downturn happened and, and if the Houston prices were affected, it never was. It's, yeah, Houston turns on the price of a barrel of oil. Exactly. Right, so if oil's high, Thank you. Uh, if oil's high, Houston's doing well. My parents actually lived there for a long time. Mm -hmm. My mom was a lawyer for Shell Oil Corporation back gotcha. in the day. She's like, yeah, if you ever want to know about Houston, just look at the oil futures. Oil's high, everyone's making money, and it's great. Oil's low, no. Exactly. But I mean, it's but it's still Houston. It's it's been so. I mean, when's the last time your mom when she? Oh, they were there when I was. I don't think I was even born. This was seventies and eighties. So like since then, Houston's become so much more diverse because that was a huge struggle for them. Sure. Was when oil goes down, it's it's just like hell. Yeah. Right. So oh, the whole city just gets crippled. So you have you have tech. You have I mean they're one of the biggest healthcare hubs. So it's okay. so, much, so much more diverse now. So even if hmm. even if oil tank, it's like the stock market. You want to sure. you want to hedge your risk. Right. So, so oil's down, but people still get sick. So you're you're good. Exactly. So it's so I I overlaid and the decision came. I overlaid a map of Phoenix, Las Vegas, and Houston because we wanted to buy and hold for long term. Okay. But it's 2018. Don't know when this crash is going to happen. Sure. sure. Uh, you know, sand states like Miami, Vegas, Phoenix are notorious for going like this. Yeah, it's a roller coaster. You don't want to buy in and then have your sh your net worth get you know chopped chopped in half three times. Yeah. yeah. And, and I mean, and that happens. You know, I I was telling you I got um, I've got some apartments under contract right now that I'm really excited about. I'm trying to buy the building next door, but you know, it's a risk. Like, and I when I modeled them out. It is, you know, I'm, this is probably a 10 to 20 year hold for me. Apartments like it's long term, but I had to model it out where, yeah, like that investment, I could be underwater on those buildings at some point easily. But you don't lose until yeah. you sell. Exactly. And, and that's, there's, I have a long enough hold period where, I mean, now we're, let's see, what in the market bottom out here? 11, mm -hmm. and this is 18, so it's been seven years. That's enough time for me to go through a crash and then ride it back. Exactly. But, you're not prepared to do that. Exactly. That's why you got to structure your debt perfectly, so you're not yeah. you're not locked into like a five-year balloon. And when well, that balloon comes up, it's at the bottom of the market. I've got one in my commercial building. It does not help me sleep. <laughs> I think balloons in 2022. 20, oh shit! Yeah, exactly. Man, I'm you know there. There's been a few times like what a heartburn. <laughs> you you hit that joint, start thinking, you're like, oh fuck, I'm screwed. <laughs> yeah. oh, oh my god, this could be really bad. I worked so hard on this property. So like, oh so we're we're looking at we're lo we overlay it and just basic modeling like you mentioned. Sure. And Houston, I mean, it doesn't dip. It may go dormant sure. in terms of value, but. I mean, it was pretty stabilized. Really? So, exactly. So That's good to know. So if you look at single families, cause just because they're the most liquid asset type, sure. as like stock, mm -hmm. you know, you're, you're, you're trading, you're trading short term over here in Phoenix and Vegas, so, yeah. so fixing and flipping. Sure. Then you're holding long term over in like Houston. blue chip stocks, right? Exactly. And this is like your penny cannabis stocks over yeah. here, right? <laughs> so um, you're, you're turning cash over here at the same time you're allocating a portion of your proceeds and, and earnings over to Houston for yeah. long, long, long term. Gotcha. And there's always going to be jobs there, right? I mean, exactly. Energy and healthcare are never going anywhere. I mean, it's like the fifth largest grossing GDP in the US is Houston. Wow. That's, that's pretty well. There's a lot of oil business there. Exactly. Look at all the cars drive by. Mm -hmm. Jesus. Well, so good, man. that sounds like a sounds like a uh, 
a pretty decent flag. I wouldn't, I wouldn't have thought of Houston. I looked, uh, I went and did those apartments in Corpus Christi or tried to. Oh yeah, how did that yeah. go? Oh my, did I ever tell you no. this story? Oh my God. So that deal came through highest cash offer, mm -hmm. right? Brian brings it to me. I get the owner on the phone. There's another wholesaler who is just being a total dick. Right. So I naturally used the benefits of our office to find the owner and gave him a call. And put the owner and the wholesaler in touch and I said, look, I want to buy this place. I don't know what this guy's deal is, but this is what I can pay for it. So you guys work it out. So the owner and I talked on the phone a couple times. Listen, I'll book a ticket. I'll come down there. Let's, let's do this. It's like, okay, yeah, come on. So I buy a plane ticket, book an Airbnb, standard issue stuff. The day before I'm supposed to fly out, I get an email from the seller. It's like, yeah, someone else offered to pay more, so I signed with them. Like, my, my flight leaves the next morning. No! Holy <laughs> shit. But silver lining, right? So I fly, I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm, my ticket's booked, the Airbnb's paid. Let's go down to Corpus Christi. I've heard there's good music there, whatever. <laughs> So I spent two days bopping around. I look at other properties. I rode out to those apartments. Mm -hmm. Just a rat-infested trash heap. Like I mean, blessings in disguise, right? Like I didn't get it. It would have been a nightmare for property. So funny story. The last, the last day. I'm in. Uh, I set to fly out the next morning. I'm in a bar in Corpus Christi, Texas. Fairly lit up at this point. I'm with some of my brother's friends. Yeah. In the oil industry there. So we're, we're fairly lubricated at this point. My phone rings and it's my agent here, Charles, who's actually been on the show. He was on a couple weeks ago. I pick up, hey buddy, what's going on here? You know, kind of <laughs> and go, listen, put your beer down. I found you a third condo in that building that just came on the MLS and it's a steal. It's like, I need an offer and I need a proof of funds right now. So I had to call an Uber, go back to my Airbnb, there's no way I could drive. Yeah. Put an offer together, and I wound up nailing that third condo for like 65 grand. Sold it just past March for 109. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> Custom complaint ticket to Corpus Christi. That's amazing. But yeah, that was that was the silver lining from the whole story. And yeah, I, I, after that, the Texas market made. Dude, we there. It's bad juju. when you when you look when you get every lead nationwide. It's so tempting because oh you're looking God. at the you're looking at the the net yield and everything. I'm yeah. like, it blows everything I've seen out of the water. Yeah, shiny objects. I I I, I was I we fucked up a couple times. You know, <laughs> Danny and I close on a. Uh, duplex in Cincinnati and really we oh I remember that one yeah still have that? we uh we 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 sold it and had a twenty thousand dollar wash oh, on it oh ouch and uh Bradford New York we were still holding that thing no way that still deal. holding that thing oh my god that I feel bad I got you guys that problem but our best our best <laughs> shit box that we've <laughs> fucked up and bought was this house in uh in Cleveland it was in the worst zip code in Cleveland, oh, and God. and I don't know if you guys ever saw the um, that Facebook live oh, of that of that fucking God. guy who um, who was driving around, and he was Facebook living, and he and he sees some guy walking on the streets, like, hey, can I have directions to, pop, pop, pop. No. like literally on that same block. Oh my Just God! Just lit this guy up on Facebook Live. No. Yeah. And you have property there. A property there. We bought it for five thousand bucks. Oh. Owner oh. financed it to some guy for five hundred. Uh, no, lease optioned it to him for five hundred bucks a month, and he's been paying for two years. Oh my God! <laughs> <laughs> Just the things that happen. I know. Wow. Yeah, I mean, it's in with all that stuff flying at you. Because I remember there was one property that came to that. Remember that one in Montgomery? 
I flew down to Alabama to look oh, at this. Oh yeah, you put a full blown analysis yeah, on Montgomery I put a, together. I put a whole report on your desk. Gosh. Whatever happened to that? Did you buy it? Did we cancel? No, we couldn't sell it for shit. Yeah, dude, there's no buyers in Montgomery. No, it's such a. I mean. The thing is, when you're underwriting multiple states, you'll have Montgomery that you underwrite at like a 30% ROI, and then you come yeah. out to, to Phoenix and you're underwriting at like an 8% ROI. You're lucky. <laughs> um, I just sold something in uh, LA at like a four. What? Yeah. Are you serious? Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, those yields on the West Coast just blow my I sold, I sold a property in um, San Francisco City. Legit San Francisco City is a, is a row home. Mm -hmm. Um, twenty thousand dollars below the market value, and it was like like eight fifty. So I sold it for eight thirty wholesale cash. Wow! People will spend that just to save twenty grand. That market's that market's crazy. Wow! Yeah, that that West Coast housing market just continues to blow my mind. Um, but it seems like it's been good to you. You know, you guys do what? San Diego, L.A., and San Fran. Yeah, so Bay, San Francisco, San Jose, yep. um, South, LA, San Diego, Orange County. We'll go up to uh -huh. Ventura a little bit. Okay. Jeez. Yeah, and just, just wholesale because higher price homes, higher margins, whatever. And then Phoenix and Vegas, the only thing we're doing in there here is fixing and flipping. Okay. And then anything that we hold is all subject to. Gotcha. So you guys are, you guys are doing the loans and all that. Huh. We're, we're, we're literally, um, you how know. How's that market been? Are you guys finding subject to deals here on occasion? Yeah. It only happens, in my opinion, with somebody who's in like a very time sensitive situation. Like so a- got to move for work or whatever else. Like foreclosure situation. Okay. Like something where they have no choice and they, they're, they're like 10 days away from the auction gotcha. and their, their mortgage balance is a little bit higher where it just doesn't work for cash buyers. Uh -huh. So you have to like have a conversation with them, say, I could get this done, save your yeah. credit, give you some cash, but you gotta leave your mortgage in place. Yeah. And the advantage is we're walking into a mortgage at, you know, a conventional at 4%. Which is very hard to do as an investor. Very hard very to do. Hard. And, um, we're gonna take that over, catch you current. We're gonna give you five to 10 grand to walk. Sure. And you have to trust us that we're gonna make your payments on time every month because they're on the hook. Yeah, no, that's a big one. But I just I, I just spin it like, I mean, they always say like, what if you don't pay? I'm like, I'm gonna pay you 10 grand to walk. I'm gonna pay 20 grand to catch you current. Yeah. I'm gonna pay your mortgage and potentially do construction on your house. Yeah. Think I'm gonna like, drop seven, 60 grand out of pocket just to default on an $800 mortgage? Yeah, come on, That's, that doesn't make any sense. Oh, wow, that is good stuff. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, those subject two deals are neat. Actually, my, my mates came to me not too long ago <laughs> with a house they wanna sell and I think we managed to get a subject two deal together. Nice. Yeah, it's great, it's right here in Scottsdale. Um, Shit. But it needs some work, you know? They, they, I'm gonna have to pay for a new AC. Like, they have three people living there right now with no air conditioning. Damn. Imagine that. That's a good, um, that's actually a ultra good, like good distressed list is um, houses that don't have AC permitting. Yeah. So especially here in Phoenix. So houses, sure. target houses that don't have air conditioning. Uh, yeah, all the evaporative cool. I didn't think about that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, AC, I could not imagine living here without AC. <laughs> I was talking to his, uh, this lady in pre-foreclosure like three days ago and took forever to get in touch with her. Finally, I called her at 6 a.m. Yeah. Hello. <laughs> and long story short, she didn't have AC. I'm like, what's going on? 
I don't have AC. I haven't eaten in seven days. I don't have running water. Oh my god. I'm like, oh my goodness. Well, you need some money. Let me help let you. Let me out. come over and give you some something to drink. Jeez. Wow. Yeah, I, I actually remember having that conversation with Jesse because you know when I first got into wholesaling, there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff and, and there's a stigma about it, right? We're taking advantage of people. Right? And so it's like, you know, this is gonna come in, you're gonna give them some low ball cash offer and blah blah blah. But it always, I mean, it's truly fascinating to me that, you know, there are some people that they truly need help, right? Like I had this conversation with my buddy Charles, who's a real estate agent. The fact of it is, not everyone needs to own their home, right? There are people, I mean, and I've been, you know, anytime you're young and you know, in transit or if you're older and you can't take care of a place, it doesn't always make sense to own a house. I don't own a house. Right? I mean, I, Michelle and I rent ours and I love it. We've had water heater, pool pump, AC, dishwasher, refrigerator, everything. It hasn't cost us a dime out of pocket. Mm -hmm. I mean, and that's that's what a lot of people kind of don't understand when they haven't been in the business. You know, I mean, you remember Cat Lady? Mm -hmm. She didn't have she didn't have money to clean the dead cats out. Exactly. She had this house, and she still has property taxes. She has insurance, and it's. Like we have to make money as well, but there's there's so much. I mean, like that lady that you talked to, she doesn't need to own a house. She needs money. And she needs to rent somewhere, and let she doesn't need to worry about the AC. Like let some let somebody else worry about. Exactly. That. It's like you know? it's like underwriting a um, like a rental property. You have a couple different variables. You have capex. You have R and M for repairs and maintenance, and a bunch of other bullshit. So instead of you know now that you're the homeowner, you're not just paying your mortgage. Multiply that mortgage by another 20%, that's the additional CapEx R&M. The rule I use is 1.7. If you really want to run a property right, you know, we're talking about aggressive maintenance, paint it, all that kind of stuff, especially when it's older, right? You know, most, all my rental properties have been older places, not the brand new builds, and it's, yeah, 1.7 extra mortgage to really do it right. Exactly. Uh, AC blows out, and then, think about it, you know? If you had an AC, someone wakes up, you're like, hey, knock, knock, I need six grand. What? Exactly. You know, not everyone's got the money to handle that. Exactly. There's, there's no shame in it, but yeah. yeah it's, that's what's always struck me, I guess, from now, like what I know about wholesaling, having done all these deals, and what I used to know is that, you know, it's not always, like, yeah, there's some people who just need out, but there's also people who genuinely need help. You know, for sure. You don't. You don't need to own this place. It's so much work. It's so much construction. I mean, the situations really vary across the board, and mm -hmm. I'm, I mean, the general population think we do take advantage of these people, but I mean, there's they literally have no other choice. Yeah, and the costs to help them out are massive, right? I mean, closing on a house, you got to have a pile of cash in there. If you don't have it. I mean, what's hard money? Ten to twelve to fourteen percent. Mm -hmm. You gotta pay that, right? You gotta pay the attorneys, you gotta pay the title company. You know, exactly. It's, it's really expensive. It's brutal, for sure. Oh, huh. it's, uh, man, I'm glad everything's going well for you. So, truly really am. Hopefully we can get Danny on here one day. <laughs> I wanna, I'd, I'd love to get her background too. I know she's had some really cool stuff. Yeah, she's, she's a true mastermind behind all this, so. No, I learned so much from her at that office. It's unbelievable. <laughs> So, She's get her on here. Help me, Bobby. We'll have her on camera. Got it. I got you. Her, her and Lauren. <laughs> we'll do a duo. We'll do a, a duo podcast. Oh, 
So, anyway, well, guys, thank you for watching. Uh, I know we got a little technical, what have you, but again, this is Jared Vidalis, uh, highestcashoffer.com if you want to check him out. Um, I'll probably put his Instagram handle out in the world just because, you know, he's that handsome. He is taken, ladies. I'm very sorry. <laughs> thank you again. Another episode of Beers and Stories, and can't wait till the next one. Thanks, guys.